Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward. That's Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. This is a practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Uh, the linebackers talked to us today. It's, it's very fitting because the pads went on for the Buckeyes on, on Wednesday. It was an acclimation period, so they're just they're not taking people to the ground. They're not playing full live contact uh, for two and a half hours quite yet, but we're getting closer to live football, and there's nobody better for them to talk about the importance of putting ha- uh, pads on and getting tackling uh, fine-tuned than Al Washington and the deepest, most veteran position group on the team. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question I have is how long does an acclimation period take? If you watched the Big 12 last weekend, then you know that it might take longer uh, than That's you'd expect. That's years in the Big 12. But, uh, yeah, it's good news for Ohio State. It, it, it's a tendency or a, a possibility of getting back to normal. We got to talk to three of the guys that do more hitting than anybody on the team. And, um, you know, I think the takeaway for the day is just that they are all really excited to be back uh, to playing actual football. Um, even though there's some uncertainty about where guys are playing and moving around and playing new positions, uh, ultimately we get a sense that this linebacker group is going to be a little bit more athletic than we have seen in the last few years. And I don't even think we get a chance to talk about the, the most athletic of the group, which is Craig Young, Dallas Gantt, Taraja Mitchell. So um, you know, I think that uh, it's a really down, uh, talented and deep group and, uh, you know, unusual for Ohio State not only is it deep but it's veteran depth it's not just you know freshman depth it's veteran depth that we're still really waiting to to see play we'll talk about how maybe some of those puzzle pieces fit together uh, for Al Washington and Greg Madison uh, in a minute but Spencer you know Pete Warner brought this up um, on his own several of the Buckeyes did that you know they were looking at the tape of the last three weeks and they did not feel like that as great as that defense was statistically, as remarkable as the turnaround was from 2018 to 2019, they were not happy with the way that it finished. And we know that they're, you know, they had the Fiesta Bowl taken away from them by some other outside forces, but they also missed some tackles in that game that have their attention. Yeah, the two plays that come to mind right when he starts talking about that are the long Jonathan Taylor run at the end of the first half of the Big Ten title game. And then the, the play at the goal line in the Clemson game where three linebackers were around uh, Travis Etienne and they couldn't make a tackle when he walked into the end zone. So, you know, there are plays that you can look back on and say the defense was great, but tackling still wasn't probably to the Ohio State standard last year. And that should be scary for the rest of the Big Ten because if this defense can get better when it comes to, to the basics uh, this year compared to where it was last year, they're going to be pretty scary. And I think – when you talk about depth and you talk about how fresh they can keep all of these guys, and then you add on that they're just putting more of an emphasis on tackling than they even did before, that, that can be a, a good sign of things to come for this defense. All right, so tackling, if that's topic number one uh, for Al Washington and that group, topic number two was trying to figure out exactly how he's going to deploy this veteran group that has you know, seven upperclassmen plus a bunch of talented guys pushing even from behind there, um, you know, Burmitz, every coach always talks about having a pair and a spare, but they never actually, that's not realistic. Most coaches don't have that. This is a group that could play seven, eight, nine linebackers. It's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem nevertheless to try and figure out exactly how many snaps and in what role all of these guys should play. Yeah, and I think the most interesting thing about it is the switch from uh, Sam or from Will to Sam for for Pete Werner because you you start to look at Baron Browning in that uh, in that Will role like 
is he a guy that can play pass coverage? Is he a guy that can go out and cover Pat Firemuth the way that uh, Pete Warner showed that he was capable of doing? So if he's not, who's the next guy that fills that role? Do they go back to, you know, the, the more traditional nickel type player in that position or do they use that bullet hybrid combo that doesn't isn't, exist? Isn't it weird, Berm? Because, like, the bullet didn't come up one time in an hour and a half. Not once. But, but there were actually a bunch of signs that – the bullet may actually exist more in this version of the defense. Yeah, but it's definitely not uh, as fun to talk about for some reason, I guess. I don't know why. Um, I think that what's interesting is that the bullet position that I see, the guy is probably Court Williams, who doesn't really get talked about uh, today because he's been working more exclusively with the defensive back. So um, it, it's one of those things where you have guys like Dallas Gant and Taraja Mitchell and Craig Young, who I think is the most athletic linebacker on the team. And then, you know, Justin Hilliard. How, how do these guys get worked into the rotation? It, it'll be interesting to see if Al Washington uses his linebackers similar to the way that Larry Johnson has used the defensive lineman over the last few years, which is just basically constantly in and out. And I think if you can do that, that's great. But the fact of the matter is very simple, that Pete Werner, uh, Werner and Tuff Borland are going to be on the field almost every first and second down. And then things get sort of uh, flipped around. I think I asked both of you guys kind of early on as we were going through that press conference and trying to wade through what, why does this make sense to really effectively swap Pete Warner and Baron Browning on sides of the formation and change roles? Because Pete, Pete Warner was so good at it last year. And the, the answer that seemed to emerge to me, at least to me, as I brought this up with the bullet uh, a second ago, but it's also that I don't think that there's anybody that – Al Washington and Greg Madison trust more than Tuff Borland uh, and Pete Warner. And Pete Warner maybe specifically because he could do any role that Ohio State asks him to fill defensively. So uh, that part made sense. If that's the guy that you think is, needs to play the highest number of snaps, that can offer you the most production, that needs to basically be filling Malik Harrison's role, then that suddenly clicked in my mind that at least made some sense to me, Spencer, that, that, Pete, that means Pete Warner – is going to be on the field for the highest volume of snaps. Yeah, I would agree. And, and you need your leaders out there, especially a linebacker, right? Because you've got all this veteran depth. But at the same time, there are still two guys that command the room. And we heard it so many times in the last hour and a half. Tough Borland is the guy on defense that just commands the respect, commands the room. And Pete Werner's not very far behind him. And I think that's the biggest thing to remember is, like, when Ohio State needs a stop and it's, you know, third and short or whatever – those two guys are going to be the keys because they are going to be the ones to get everybody in place, get make sure everything is perfect. They are the linchpins of this defense, I would say. And to have them on the field, to be able to find a way to use your versatility, use your uh, multiple defensive looks, and also keep those guys on the field, that's the key because then your defense can really hum because you'll, you'll, you'll know for a fact, no matter what happens, everybody will be on the same page because you've got your leaders out there. And there was also, of course, uh, Berm, another passionate defense for that guy in the middle, Tough Borland. And we expect that from Al Washington. It's no surprise. And a three-time captain, we know he's a leader. So I guess, you know, the focus today, and Tough didn't say this much specifically, but Pete Warner said, you know, he wanted to lean up. He wanted to work on his athleticism more in the offseason. And he also came to his defense and said, Tough Borland is more athletic than people give him credit for. They are aware of what the perception is of Borland over the last couple of years, and they, they don't often, you know, speak out about it. But I think when it comes to tough Borland, 
and they know that Tuff won't do it himself, that other people are more than willing to jump up and vouch for this guy. Not that he needs that help or, or support from the outside. Yeah, I almost can't believe nobody asked if Tuff Borland was now a vegan, to be honest, because of the, <laughs> because of the discussion about how he's leaned down and, and you know, getting faster, stronger. Um, kudos to everyone out there who's living that, plant, that plant-based lifestyle. Um, Let's but not go down tough, that road again. Tough. Um, you know, it's one of those things where after three years of being a captain, three years of being a starter, at some point – the, the outside world is just going to have to either uh, admit that, that they don't know what they're talking about or just agree to disagree because Tuff Borland is going to be a starter and a captain and a leader of the Buckeyes football team. And when he leaves, he's going to leave as one of the best leaders in the history of the program. Um, and it doesn't really matter at this point if people think he is good or not because the guys on his team love him. And at some point they're going to have to get more uh, – vocal about defending him because it's kind of just BS that people continue to take pot shots at him because he's not running a four or five. Like clearly he does plenty of other things very well. Um, and as Pete Werner said today, it's really not about the things he does on game day. It's about the things he does every other day and every other minute of the week. And that's why he's been a leader on this team. And with, you know, changes at linebacker coach multiple times with everything else that's gone on around Ohio state football, tough Borland, has been the choice by multiple coaches, by multiple head coaches, by multiple linebacker coaches to be the leader. And I think that has to speak more than, um, you know, eggs on Twitter. <laughs> well, and it's also, you know, they acknowledged how difficult it could be for guys like Taraja Mitchell or Dallas Gant or Kayvon Pope, uh, or now, you know, Tommy Eichenberg, you know, Al Washington brought him up by name as somebody who is uh, really impressed as they get these pads on and get rolling. This veteran group, that, that's not easy for those guys. Um, there's also a lot to be said for uh, the culture that has been built up in that room that you don't see them lining up to, to leave. Uh, it would have been very easy to transfer, certainly during this last five or six months, and be approved for eligibility elsewhere right away. Uh, but they are still around here. So we are going to continue to talk about that Taraja Mitchell is still coming. He's still going to be a star. It'll be interesting to see uh, maybe how Ohio State manages that um, we've seen a successful rotation at middle linebacker and in the middle before uh, for a national championship winning team with the Buckeyes back when Raquan McMillan was pushing and Curtis Grant was that veteran pres uh, presence. Uh, maybe this will happen. You know, Taraja was, was a little banged up last year. That was part of the reason we didn't see that in 2019. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the wide receiver room the last couple of years. You've got all of these veterans. The young guys are starting to come up. Everybody wants to see what the young guys can do. And then the veterans just keep making plays and keep making the plays when you need them to. Uh, and that, it just kind of reminds me a little bit of that room. You know, Ryan Day wants every room to be the same, the, the healthy competition, the, the mix of, of young stars and veteran leadership. And the linebackers really have it all. Al Washington has the easiest job in college football and the hardest job in college football because he has to deal with how to get all these guys on the field and figure out where they all fit in. But also he just gets to kind of, you know, see what all he has and what all he's helped build. And, and, and look at the linebacker room and just say, wow, I mean, it is, it's full. Like, I don't really know what else to add because it's just like so many different guys can play so many different positions in so many different ways. And even a guy like Tommy Eichenberg, who we know nothing about, Byrne probably knows the most of any of us about it because of his recruiting profile. But like, if when he's getting uh, thrown out by name, you know, you know you've got a deep room because we haven't even talked about him. 
Yeah, I, I think that what you see out of this group, and it couldn't be better timing for the linebackers to be like the, the leaders because as they alluded to, when you lose guys like Chase Young, when you lose guys like Jeff Okuda and, and Jeff and Jordan Fuller, when you lose Malik Harrison, all you need somebody to step up and fill that leadership gap. And, and we have not needed really to rely on the linebacker play in the last few years because the pass rush has been so incredible with the Bosa's and Chase Young. The back half of the defense in the secondary has been so full of first round picks. And obviously there's still one, at least one back there now. Um, but the the simple truth is that the linebackers have been able to sort of be the, the the cushion, but they never really needed to be the hammer, and they need to be the hammer this year. Um, that's a great point, especially with you know we're, when we're trying to, trying to talk about the defensive line and replacing that pass rush. Um, you know, Baron Browning might be one of those options, and and we've also seen what Malik Harrison has done uh, in the backfield last year in that role. So. Um, you see that possibility where the production might go go like this. Individually, maybe that won't be the case if you're continuing to play six, seven guys or more, but um, that has the potential. It might hurt in terms of awards and intention, NFL draft stock, but I don't think that any of them care about that. They've talked about uh, how close they became even when they were separated thanks to the Zoom, and they've been in the same position meeting for years now. Uh, they've gone through a bunch of adversity especially after, you know, being through that 2018 season and the transition there. So it's pretty remarkable to see how they've come out of that on the other side now as, as real difference makers potentially uh, for one of the best teams in the country. That's the linebackers. They have the pads on. Uh, Ohio State training camp, it's, 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 it's really weird to be talking about that in October and while other teams are playing. Uh, Is it October? Yeah, it's – can you believe that? Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's birthday season for some people at Letterman Row, I think. Birthday season? Uh, Spencer? So, Is it Spencer's birthday? No, no. Not mine either, but somebody else uh, can celebrate. Um, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, just wish him a happy birthday, folks. It's Berm, all right? I, I, I narrowed it down, but yeah, it's him. Yeah, well, we don't need to talk about that more on the practice report. If you're using, uh, if you're looking so at Buy an Auto, use Buyer's Auto, uh, and they're bringing you these practice reports all the way up until the season starts, and even after that, as we bring our coverage of Ohio State into this season that uh, is still 23, 24 days away, but the anticipation is starting to build. That's the firm, the birthday boy, Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. This has been the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Uh, Stay tuned for more at lettermanrow.com.